God, we thank you. God, we thank you that we can come and lift our offering of praise and worship to you. God, we thank you for your sacrifice, which changes everything for us. God, we thank you that you are that God that reached down, that you loved us so much. You reached down for us and pulled us towards you. God, we thank you for your death and your resurrection, which starts new creation right now. God, we thank you that we get to live as part of your new creation, your, your redeemed people, your family. God, we thank you that you just love us so much that you are always leaning towards us. God, we thank you for the, the richness that is part of our life because you love us. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that as we bring our offering of praise and worship to you, God, that this will delight your heart, that it will be a sweet fragrance to you. And God, as we um, just stand before you as your family and call you Father, God, that you just continue to look down and love us. God, we thank you for everything that you've ever done for us and everything that you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to church. Just take a seat for a moment. Welcome to those joining us online. It's great to have you joining. Um, everybody, whether you are in the room or whether you're joining online, if you could pop out your device and um, say that you're here, um, just, yeah, in the, what do you call it? Church Centre app. That's what I'm looking for. If you can um, register that you're here with the Church Centre app, that would be great. If you're online, then you can just say something in the chat and we will know that you were here. That would be fabulous. Um, so while I'm talking to you, you can be filling out, um, again, an online Connect card or a giving card or a Next Steps card. You people at home can be doing that and I won't even know, but the people in the room are welcome to do that too. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe um, grab somebody who looks like they would know what I was talking about and ask them afterwards. Um, so school holidays again this week. So uh, the kids program is not on, but creche is sort of on in the way that if you would like to take your kids out into the creche area, then you can... Uh, be welcome to do that, but you will need to stay with your kids because we don't have a, a team uh, properly today. Um, and also, we've got uh, activity sheets up the back there for if your your young ones are, are getting restless, so you can avail yourselves of those. Um, oh, and while I'm talking to you, also we can be having the buckets going round. So uh, we don't talk much about the offering these days, and that's not because we don't think it's important. It's because we know you guys have already got this squared away. And we don't need to keep talking about it every week. You know that we need money for all sorts of things, including ministry. Um, and you know that it is important to, to give that. So if you brought a cash offering today, pop it in the bucket as it comes around. Uh, most people will uh, be giving by online um, credit these days anyway. But anyway, there we are. Um, couple of things to highlight from the newsletter. Uh, we've got two options for lunches coming up. So what could possibly go wrong with signing up for these? There are two lunches. Say two lunches. Okay. Out for lunch is happening this Wednesday. It is a midweek thing. Um, if you don't know what out for lunch is, come and talk to me afterwards. But basically... Um, if you're available on Wednesday at lunchtime, you can sign up to do that. So we have lunch, a movie, dessert. Everyone has a great time. So there is a sign-up sheet out there for that. That is called Out for Lunch. 
okay? <laughs> uh, the next lunch is a Connect lunch, which is on next Sunday after the service. So this is for people who are new or new-ish to Sail Baptist Church. So new-ish can mean any time in the last sort of three years. Or if you feel like you're not well connected, then you're welcome to come to the Connect lunch. So Connect lunch next Sunday, out for lunch this Wednesday. Please don't get those mixed up because it, you'll be very confused. Um, all right, so the sign-up sheets for that are out at the info desk and it says quite clearly at the top what they are. Connect lunch Sunday, out for lunch Wednesday. I mean, it's easy, isn't it? I have it written down, so it's easy for me. All right, um, so everything else that you need to know about church life this week is in your newsletter, so you can be checking that out if you get it online. Um, if you don't get it uh, email to you and you would like to it means that we don't have your details or we don't have you tagged correctly so let us know about that uh, all right so um, we're going to stand and pray before we mingle we haven't mingled yet um, so we're going to pray for some people by name today we don't always do this um, but there's no reason why we shouldn't uh, so Leona, um, you'll notice that Leona is not here the last couple of weeks. Um, so Leona had um, a significant fall a, a couple of weeks ago um, and so she's been missing. Leona's 94, just by the way, and she's been missing from our prayer meetings in the morning. So we really, really miss Leona. She is getting better and she's doing quite well and she's better enough that she's actually flying to Western Australia on Wednesday. So she's 94. Anyway, um, uh, Steph uh, had her baby a little bit early this week, uh, so it is quite a few weeks early. So uh, Steph and baby Libby are doing quite well, but Libby has some jaundice, so we can be praying for her. Um, little baby Eden has been unwell for the last few weeks, um, and so we can be praying for her. She's doing better now, but let's keep praying for little Eden. Um, Dave has had uh, some significant um, health issues uh, the last couple of weeks, so um, you can ask Dave more about that, but we can be praying for him in his recovery. He's here this morning, so good time to catch him and ask. Uh, and young Will is leaving, so there's Will and Will here, so it's Will that's leaving and you're not leaving. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that one's my son, he's not going anywhere, this one is. But um, Will's been with us for a couple of years, he's been um, active in ministry, helping out on the sound desk and that sort of thing, so say hi and goodbye to Will today if you haven't met him before, if he's a friend of yours, just say goodbye. Um, so those are all the things uh, that I can think of that we are praying for, so let's stand as a church family and bring these precious ones before God this morning. God, we thank you so much that you are not only our saviour for all eternity, but you are the Lord of our life today. God, we thank you for the difference that that makes to us as we live under your lordship, as we live under your uh, leadership, as we live under your love in our life. And God, we bring before you each of these uh, precious ones that I've talked about already this morning. God, we, we know that uh, you know them so intimately. God, you, uh, you know them, you love them. God, we thank you for them. We thank you for the way that you have protected them, for the way that you've carried them, for the way that you've kept them safe. God, we thank you that you've created our bodies in such an extraordinary way that, that healing can come. God, we thank you for the, the mystery that our body is, that is just so complex and so perfect. 
God, we thank you for the healing that has come with each of these precious ones, whether that be uh, just through the body healing itself or whether it's been um, the intervention of medical professionals that we are so grateful for. God, we thank you for that. We pray, God, for their continued healing as we hold them up before you, as we, um, as we bring them before you daily in prayer. God, we ask that you continue to work that incredible healing work in their body. And God, we thank you that we can trust you with them. God, we know that there are others that we haven't spoken about this morning that also need a healing touch from you and we bring them before you now. God, we bring, you, bring before you people who are grieving, people who are hurting, people who are having a difficult circumstance in their life. God, we know that you know everything about them, you know, every cell of their body because you put it there. God, we thank you that we can just stand under you knowing that you know that about us. That you know every single cell in our body, every thought that we have ever thought. And you love us anyway. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for calling us your family. God, I pray that, that from that richness that, that we get to enjoy, God, that we can go out and serve you this week. That we can... Um, tell other people about you, that we can show other people about you in the way that we live our life. And God, we thank you for this service, this special time where we get to come together and uh, worship you, where we can enjoy your presence with us in a really special way. And God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Five minutes. You can mingle. If you're online, you can mingle in the chat. Make sure you say hi. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning in complete surrender. God, knowing that you're the only one that can give us life and grace and hope and joy and all the things that we need. God, I pray this morning that we might know how good you are to us, how strong and powerful you are, how loving you are. And God, that you might transform us by your word this morning. You might stir up our affection for you in a way that maybe has never happened before. God, that we would see you in your, your glory and your goodness. God, we don't want to hear just some more empty words or go through a ritual. But God, we want to meet with the Creator. We want to behold your glory. We want to be transformed as we see you. So God, would you help us by your Holy Spirit to do that this morning? Would you help us to see your truth this morning? God, we love you and we honor you. We thank you that you are in this place with us this morning and that you want to speak to us, change us. We pray you do that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, please grab a seat. Good morning. Good morning, great to see you this morning. Good morning to those online. Good morning to my family who's recovering. Hopefully, your kids are listening to your mother, doing what you're told. Wouldn't that be strange to have your dad tell you through the TV to listen to your mum? What a day we live in. Fantastic. Just going to put this down here, we'll need that in a minute. 
let me add to Pastor Jackie's welcome. It's great to have you with us this morning. And um, hopefully you've been keeping well, healthy, as much as you can in these times. Um, we are starting a new series this morning called Habits. Habits, and we're looking at some positive habits. Someone asked me during the week, what are you talking about habits for, bro? Are you talking about negative habits we shouldn't have? Well, no, I'm talking about hopefully some positive ones we should have. So, um, so I like to use the middle of the year and this time of the year as a bit of a, a foundational time in our preaching to, to come back to something of, of, of the basics just to reinforce some of the things that we need to, to be thinking about. And so hopefully you don't switch off and go, oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You only know if you listen. So I pray that you would listen. Also, let me, um, we're going to have a baptism service in two weeks' time. Um, so if you are thinking about being baptised and you haven't been yet, we're not into re-dunking people. If you have already been baptised, congratulations, well done. But if you haven't been baptised and it's something you've um, been considering or thinking about, in two weeks on the 24th, we're planning to have a baptism service. So um, let one of the pastors know, let somebody know who can let somebody know that can actually make it happen. That'd be fantastic. Um, and, we can, and we can get you on the way to doing that. All right, Psalm 1. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to look at Psalm 1, just the first three verses. Oh, look at that, that's cool, eh? Habits. Okay, that, that's even cooler, Psalm 1. Here we go. Thanks, Claire, keeping me on schedule. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. It says this, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a, planted, a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning, and we pray that you would help us to hear it, understand it, and obey it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked my wife last night, um, what's my most annoying habit? I mean, that's a, you've got to have, if you want to ask that of your significant other, then that's a great um, conversation starter. Um, what's my most annoying habit? Uh, and, well, yes, she said, well, you can see the glint in her eye, it's like, ooh, I've got permission here, and so... We went through a few, and I thought I'd just share some of my annoying tendencies. Um, so apparently the way that I drink is, is, is annoying. <laughs> and, and my boys have inherited it too. It's like this real deep gulping sound, like, like you can hear all the water going in. And, and anyway, if you're not into that, it's the same as when you can hear people chew. Like, anyway. But um, this is the other thing I do, and it's... It's quite annoying. It's not annoying for me. I mean, who would have an annoying habit that annoyed yourself? Some people? Okay. Um, but I, get, I do this thing where I will... Em the, the example was when I empty the bin, I take the bins out, take the plastic bag out of the bin and go take it in the bin and I'll leave the bin drawer open and not replace the bin bag. And it's, it's, it's probably a deeper um, habit than that in that... I just forget what I'm doing. 
And so I'll start one job, and then on the way to emptying the bin, I'll say, oh, I need to put that away. And then I'll go put that away, and then I'll put something else down. And then before you know it, six hours has passed, and I'll come back, and then the bin's full again without a bag um, of rubbish. And, um, and so and, and Harrison, our eldest, has picked up this same habit. You can, he can be walking on the way to doing something, and um, after five seconds, he's forgotten what he was doing, and he's, he's often... Um, completely undressed, naked through the house, because he's forgetting that he's supposed to be getting dressed. And he's just playing something or doing something. Sometimes he's, like, in the front window, and if, if you've seen our house, we've got a big front window that has no... You can see straight in, and he's just often there. And we're like, Harrison, get dressed. The whole world can see you. I mean, he's sick, so he just doesn't care. He doesn't... One day he might, but... As I was preparing this message, I, I thought I'll do a little bit of um, reading on like the psychology of habits. Like, what's what's the latest thinking on habits? And I mean, you start looking at psychology of habits, and there's a plethora of things. So I won't get into that because it's um, too much. But I found this interesting that we all have habits. We all do things um, without really thinking about doing them. I mean, it's, this is the whole idea of habits, right? That we are doing things almost unconsciously. Um, so. Um, and, and we do that because um, our brains want to free up more space and time to think about other things. So any time our brain has the opportunity to automate something, it will. Um, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Our brains, by design, are always looking for the easiest, most convenient, save effort path. Um, it's why I, I think maybe escalators are more appealing than stairs, and we have to like, sort of tell ourselves, take the stairs, it's healthier. But if, if we're just left to our own devices, we're just going to go take the easiest route. Um, making decisions takes time and effort. Um, I don't know if you're like me or like most people, but if you have like a hundred options, sometimes that's paralyzing because you've got to think through all the options to make the best decision. And so anytime our brain can say, I'm going to pre-decide this and turn it into a habit, I'm saving energy. My brain's saving and conserving energy, if you like, and making life easier. And so the real key to habits is decision-making, or maybe, better put, is the lack of decision-making. It's this idea that when I make a decision and then I do it over and over and over until it's a habit, I no longer have to make that decision to do it. Like maybe brushing your teeth, you hopefully decide, it's Oscar in the house today, we brush our teeth day and night, floss day and night, don't we? I do. Um, you know, you don't have to decide to brush your teeth yet. The habit of doing it every day makes you do it. You just... Or, or looking both ways to cross the road. Again, hopefully it's something that you're in the habit of doing. That you don't have to think about, hmm, I'm going to cross the road, what should I do? It's like, I'm going to look. I've been taught to look both ways. Look, listen. There was a song one day. Stop, think, or something like that. Um, or putting your seatbelt on in the car. You know, it's just that habit of like, did I put my seatbelt on? Yes. Um, did I do that? These things happen for most of us automatically, without thinking. They're habits that we do. Um, other habits maybe in our life happen without our conscious involvement, maybe like nail biting or negative addictions or, you know, that person who just constantly is tapping their pen at school or in the office and they just tick, 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 tick. It's like, oh my gosh, it's driving me insane. And I'm sure you can think of some unhealthy habits too. Maybe you could um, 
as an exercise of fellowship later. Just tell the person next to you some of their habits, good or bad. <clears throat> One popular study that pe- most people refer to is this idea that it takes 66 days to form a new pro-health habit. 66 days. That's a long time. That's a long time. Um, and that actually the um, rewarding yourself after doing it each day for those 66 days is a, a great way to um, develop that habit. They did this experiment with pigeons and, I mean, you can read about it. It was very interesting. Um, and so maybe giving yourself a lollipop or high-fiving someone after you do something that you want to do every day would be a great thing. Maybe bad for your teeth, but don't give yourself a lollipop after brushing your teeth. So anyway, in this series we want to look at so what are the habits that Christians should have? And I mean, we could do this for weeks and weeks. You could, there's lots of habits that we should have and, and could have. Um, some people have named them spiritual disciplines or habits of grace. Uh, and so if you want to look more at this, what are some good Christian habits that we should have? We're going to just skim across just four sort of broad categories. I'd encourage you to, to look at some of these spiritual disciplines or habits of grace um, that might help you grow in your walk. So we're going to look at some of, these Christ, some of these habits that we should have, why we should have them, and maybe how we should go about making them habits. Habits are important because uh, the Bible talks about this idea of perseverance. And habits, I think, are a, a vehicle to help us persevere. Perseverance um, is this idea of going through something or, 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 or sticking at something when it's good and when it's bad. And habits, when we have good, healthy, godly habits, help us persevere in our faith when we feel like it and when we don't. James 1 verse 25 says, but the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not forgetful, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer um, who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. God calls us to a life of perseverance because it's good for us and good for those around us. Like going to the gym, I assume, is not always what you feel like doing, but its, it's benefits are evident and the habit pays off through the perseverance. And so the first habit we're going to look at this morning is this idea of being in the Word, in the Word. How well do you know the Word and why should we be in the Word? And so I thought to begin with, we've got the kids in the service how many kids are in the service? I know you're all shh in the kids, but kids, are you here with us this morning? I need your help because we're going to play a little game. Church should be fun, right? We should enjoy church. Okay, so we've got a game, and it's called this, Lamentations or Taylor Swift Lyric. Okay? So I need two volunteers. I need someone who's going to represent Taylor Swift. Who's going to be our Taylor Swift? Quick, Somebody. You don't have to say anything. Okay. Come up. Beautiful. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah is our Taylor Swift. And someone who's going to represent the Bible or Lamentations. Who's that? I'll say right up here. Is that John? Come on up here, John. Fantastic. So we've got Sarah and John. All right, John, you stand here. Okay, so this is the way the game works. I'm going to put up um, a lyric or a lamentation. Now, you are the participants in this game. You have to put your left hand up if you think it's a lamentation and point to John, or your right hand up if you think it's a Taylor Swift lyric. You can't Google, phones down, 
You can ask a young person around you who Taylor Swift is and what she's doing on a church platform. Okay, so the first one's this. She cries herself to sleep at night, tears soaking her pillow. Maybe sing it to yourself, see if it would make it catchy. All right, quickly. Or this way, I'm not telling you the answer. All right, so we got a lot of people saying Taylor Swift and a few people saying Lamentation. Let's see what it is. Oh, it's Lamentations. Keep your own score. All right, the next one's this one. Your knives and your swords and your weapons that you use against me. Ooh, Taylor Swift or Lamentation. Okay, everyone's got their vote cast. Let's see what it is. Ooh, Taylor Swift with her song Mean. All right, next one. Thanks, Claire. My eyes are blind with tears. My stomach is in a knot. Taylor Swift or Lamentation? Everyone's a bit, I don't know now. Cast your votes nice and high. All right, let's see what it is. Lamentations. You can find these later, John, all right? All right, next one. You're like a lion ready to pounce. Some people have got both hands up. Maybe it's a trick question. Maybe it's in both. All right, got your vote cast. All right, let's see. Lamentations again. All right, all right. All right, next one is this yearning in the deep part of my heart for you. Mm. Hard one. I mean, they're all hard if it was easy. There we go, Taylor Swift. All right, next one. I'll never forget the trouble, the poison I've swallowed. Ooh, very lamenty. All right, let's see. Lamentations. Hands up if you have none right yet, if you've got them all wrong. Okay, okay, this series is going to be good for you. No, let's, but there's one thing I remember so I can keep a grip on hope. Cast your vote. Okay, okay, about half and half. All right, let's see. Lamentations. All right. Next one. Do we have one more? Oh. I'm aching, no past, nowhere to hide. Ooh. Cast your votes. Go with your gut. Let's see. The last, the last tune. All right. All we are is skin and bone. It's coming back. All we are is skin and bone is the lyrical lamentation. Cast your vote. What do we got? Oh. Ah, Taylor Swift. How many more we got? This is the last one. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. I mean, I feel like this is a pretty easy one. If you can't get this one, I mean, maybe Taylor Swift is singing about yokes and <laughs> lamentations, of course. All right, give yourselves a hand. Did anybody get all right? Did you get them all right? Nobody. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, John. Give our helpers a hand. So we're going to look at why it's important to know the Word. You might think, oh, who cares if we can't tell the difference between a Taylor Swift lyric and a Bible verse? I think maybe it is important. Maybe it is important. And let's look at some of the reasons why it's important. Because uh, I could get up here and tell you, it's, 
you should have a habit of reading the Bible. You should have a habit of being in the Word. Um, but if you don't understand why it's important, then you'll just walk away and go, I'm not going to do it, just because you told me. So why is it important to have this habit? Well, I think first, we've got to look at Jesus. Jesus is our perfect example. Um, Jesus, as a child, even as 12 years old, was um, found in the Scriptures. In Luke 2, verse 46, it says, After three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And so Jesus himself uh, was someone who was in the Word. Now, Jesus didn't have a Bible. He didn't, ha- he didn't walk around with a printed copy of the Bible. It was something that he had memorized, something that he had been taught as a child, um, the Old Testament that was, and something that he walked around meditating on and knowing, talking about, learning about. And so you'll never find a verse that says Jesus was reading the Bible or Jesus went away quietly at night to, to do his quiet time. You know, you won't see any verses like that because he didn't have um, a printed copy of the Bible to do that. But Jesus was a man of the Word. In the temptation of Jesus, you can read this in Matthew 4, um, every temptation that the devil threw at Jesus, he countered with Scripture. It just came out of him. It was his weapon, his sword. It was what enabled him to stand under the great um, testings of the enemy. Jesus knew the Word. It was within him. And it came out when it was needed. Um, Jesus lived on the very words of God. In part of this temptation in Matthew 4, it says this in verse 3 and 4. It says, Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so in our walk, we are called to become bread more like Jesus. And to become more like Jesus means we are becoming people who live on the Word of God and that understand it and that are taught by it. Another reason why it's important to be in the Word is because it's our main method of change as a Christian. Transformation happens through the Word. It says this in Romans 12 verse 2, that do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may, be, may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Or in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and effective, and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The idea that transformation and our our spiritual renewal, if you like, comes through the living Word of God. You know, the words that we speak, the words that you hear on TV or through social media, the words that um, you listen to through songs, they're not living words. The only living word is the Word of God. The Bible is alive and active. It's able to transform us. It's able to do something in us that our own words and the words of those around us can't do. The Holy Spirit uses us, uses uh, the Word of God to bring about change. You might say this, the Word of people informs you, the Word of God transforms you. The Word of people informs you, the Word of God transforms you. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says, We, with all unveiled faces, are looking in a mirror 
at the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And this is from the Lord who is spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 is talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. It's talking about what was written on stone, but now is written in the spirit. And again, in the days of Corinth, I didn't have the New Testament written out yet. But this is referring to now for us is what is written by the spirit. And as we look at the Lord, as we look at Jesus and we see him as we read the scriptures, as we look at him, we are being transformed into his image. We become what we behold. Or another way of saying that is our biggest input determines our output. The loudest voice in our minds wins. And so the importance of the Word of God being the loudest voice in our own lives is essential to our transformation, to becoming more Christ-like. We are changing to become more like Jesus, part of one of our church values. The Word of God is not only alive, but in that verse that we read before, Hebrews 4, it says that it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. We don't always like to think about this, but the Word of God isn't popular. The Bible always isn't the the most in thing. You'll see it all through the media, on the news all the time. The Bible isn't popular. And the ideas that the Word of God carries are not always popular. Because it speaks a word that is hard to hear. It speaks a word to our own hearts that's hard to hear. It divides our own intentions, our own motivations. Sometimes we're resistant to the Word of God because we know there's something, a motive in our heart or something that's not quite right in us that the Bible is going to speak to and bring about change or demand change in. We live in a world that wants to live on its own terms and not on God's. It wants to determine what right and wrong is through feelings rather than the truth of the Word. But the truth of God's Word is the only thing about, that brings about transformation the way God intends. Another reason why it's so important to be in the Word is because it's foundational. One of our values as a church is this idea that we are truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. God reveals his truth through the Bible and we actively embrace his wisdom on all matters of life. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 to build our house on the rock. On his words, Matthew 7 is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I'm actually going to do a series in the Sermon on the Mount later in the year. Um, And so we'll talk about this more in depth then. But he's, he's summing up the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, whoever hears these words is like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the storms and the wind calms and the the house stands. When we um, live on the Word and when we are in the Word, we have this habit of being in the Word. It's foundational for our lives. It helps us persevere, like we talked about before, through hard times. We won't be knocked down when the foundation is strong. It's the same here in Psalm 1, the verse that we started at. Psalm 1, 1 to 3, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, doesn't just listen to the words of people, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, in the Word of God. He meditates on it day and night. It's a habit. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. 
A tree planted with its root, roots deep happens when there is a good life source. Here it's talking about this river water as a way of saying that's, this is what God's word is like. It's like a living water. There's a good life source here that's able to sustain you, that's able to, you're able to build your life on. It's foundational. The life source is God's word, and the habit of meditating day and night results in strong foundations. And not only that, it results in fruit. It it results in good outcomes in your life and good outcomes for, for other people as well. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 and 17 says this, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is the foundation for the Christian. It's what we should build our life on. And if it's what we should build our life on, it makes sense that we should be um, meditating on it day and night. If the only time you hear the word is once a week on a Sunday morning, I'll say that's not even close to enough to build your life on. The word of God is alive, it's active, it's able to, to change us, transform us, keep us. It's a sword to protect us, a truth to convict us, power to correct us, wisdom to direct us. The value of God's word could be talked about for days on end. We could list, and I'm sure you can think of even more reasons of why the word is so important. The why is compelling. But I want to talk briefly on how. How we are to make this habit of being in the word. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, well, we could list out the best way to do a quiet time, and that might be helpful for some people. Or we could list out, a, you know, get a calendar and mark, well, let's make a calendar and work out the best times of our day to, to be reading the Bible, or a good Bible reading plan. And these are all good and helpful things. But I was reminded of um, the story in the Old Testament of David and Goliath. And you know when David goes to, he puts his hand up and says, oh, I'll take him on, what have I got to lose? And Saul's like, oh, great, I, I suppose, like... I mean, there's a lot at stake. You could read the story, but there's a lot on the line here. And so Saul goes, well, David, I've got just the thing for you, my armour. Come and try it on. And I want to read you two, uh, three verses in 1 Samuel 17. It says, then this, it says, then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put on a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armour. David strapped his sword on over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. I can't walk in these, David said to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi. Wadi? Wadi? I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago. And put them in his pouch, in his shepherd's bag. Then, with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. You know, what was good for Saul wasn't good for David. And I think this is true of being in the Word as well. Is there a... Um, a whole lot of different ways that you can be in the habit of being in the Word. There is not a prescriptive um, text in the Bible saying, this is how you should be in the Word. Instead, there's 
more general ideas of meditation day and night. Um, letting it be teaching us, rebuking us, convicting us. But the, the mechanics of how you do that, it, it can change from person to person. There are many ways to get into the habit of being in the Word, and the Bible doesn't tell us the specifics of what to do, but rather some guiding principles. And the other thing that I was thinking about is that we are in maybe one of the biggest communication shifts over the last couple of decades, that is, one of the biggest communication shifts of the last 500 years. What happened about 500 years ago? What was the big communication shift about 500 years ago? Anyone know? Printing press. Yeah, so before 500 years ago is when we began to get like this, not Taylor Swift's head, but, well, that too, actually, that was printing press. Um, (coughs) But the printed Word of God. Before that, nobody had the printed Word of God. They would have to go to... um, they would be handwritten um, and you'd be very exclusive. It, it's very hard to get a, a copy of, especially the whole Bible. You might have some text or you might have some parts of it, but you would have to go to a, a, a church or a temple or s- see someone special. And um, I, I mean, it's, if you study church history, you can sort of see how that's a big part of the Reformation that we look at in, in church history and the idea of putting the Word of God in the hands of ordinary people, what if they misinterpret it, what if they misunderstand it, Um, all these sorts of problems. But we've grown up in an age where we've just taken it for granted in a lot of ways that we just have the Bible accessible to us all the time. And now what's happened in our lifetime is that we've had this digital revolution where now we've got not only the printed Word but we've got the screened Word? I don't know, what's the digital digital word, digital screens, you know, whatever, phones, iPads, computers, all the rest of it. And for some of us, that's been a challenge in terms of how does this change how we interact with the Word of God, and should it? And again, I would say, well, what's good for you is not necessarily good for the person next to you, and the, the way in which the Word is printed or displayed on a screen is not the important thing. The important thing is that it's interacted with, that we are in it, meditating on it day and night. How is the Bible interacting with your digital habits? Because we all have these digital habits now, where we uh, have screens, uh, phones, social media, all the rest of it. Who do you follow or subscribe to? Are they Bible-based people, accounts, or are they opinion-based? Or, if you're like me, maybe predominantly sports-based. Remember, the Word of people informs you. The Word of God transforms you. Your biggest input determines your biggest output. You become what you behold. And so maybe one of the habits that you need to investigate in your own life is your social media and your digital input. What is the thing that you're seeing the most of? The content that you are consuming the most A great thing that I've, um, a great way that I've been uh, interacting with the Word of God more recently is through email devotions. You know, there's a plethora of um, ways you can subscribe to email devotions. They come every day into your inbox because I'm someone who reads my emails every day. I'm in that habit. And so I'm thinking, how can I make this habit 
part of a, a way to interact with the Word of God, not just what people are trying to sell me or tell me that they think about me or think about church or think about whatever they're thinking about. Well, how can I interact with the Word of God through this habit? And so there's a, a number of, there's some bad ones I found as well, but there's a number of great ones of email devotions that can come to your account and help you interact with the Word of God on a daily basis. The Bible app on your phone, there's great reading plans and ways that you can, if you're into streaks and getting um, rewards, there's, I mean, in terms of making, rewarding yourself is a, a psychological thing that is helpful to develop, developing a habit. And if that, you're that way inclined, then use that to your advantage. Use that to, to work with you, to develop a, a better habit of being in the Word. And more practically speaking, I think there's some things we can do to be in the Word and some habits we can um, take on board. And one of these is this idea of meditation. We'll look at this more in depth maybe next week when we look at the, the idea of uh, having prayer as a habit. But Jesus um, often withdrew himself to spend praying with the Father. He didn't take himself away to spend in the Word because, again, he didn't have a, the Bible to take with him. But no doubt he would have been meditating on the words of the Old Testament. He spent time, extended time, with the Father. Psalm 1 verse 2, it says, um, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates day and night. When was the last time you spent meditating on God's Word? Not just thinking about it, not just reading a little thought on it, but meditating on God's Word. I've got in the habit of my ministry life to, to schedule in um, half days, sometimes a whole day if I can do it, of just unplugging my phone, turning it off, taking my Bible and a journal, which I'm not a journaler, and I'm not normally someone who reads a hard copy of the Bible, but it helps me just meditate on the Word. Go find somewhere outdoors on a nice day and just meditate. Spend with God. Withdrawing. Meditation um, today can just be about um, emptying your mind. But biblical meditation is not just about emptying your mind, but it's about filling it with the Word of God. We don't want to walk around with nothing in our heads, but we want to walk around with the living Word in our heads. Another way, or another important facet of um, having this habit of being in the Word is doing it alone. Like Jesus withdrew, He did it alone. He didn't do it with, always with a group of people. He spent time with a group, but He did it alone. It's great to come to church on a Sunday it's great to be in the Word and hearing the Word on a Sunday and together. But if that's it, it's not enough. Mark 1 verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, got up, went out and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. How are you in the habit of spending time in the Word alone? And then also in groups. We'll look at this in, in a couple of weeks, the importance of fellowship and the habit of that. But... Spending time in the Word together is also as important. Spending time alone in the Word is good, but it's only in community can we wrestle with the Word and discuss what it means and how it applies to our life. How else are we to take a command like, don't be greedy, and, and apply it without working out together what greed might look like in today's context? And so small groups are a great way of doing this, but that's not the only way. That's just a, a vehicle that we use to help 
get around the word and discuss what it means, how it applies. And perhaps the most important thing is regularly. We need to be in the word regularly. And this is the whole point of this series, is that it's a habit. It's something we do automatically. Hopefully not just without thinking, not mindlessly, like not a mindless habit, like um, leaving the bin bag not in, but something that we engage our minds and engage our hearts in, but we're doing it all the time. This is something that we can't imagine not doing. Not from time to time or when you think about it, but regular interaction with the Word, regular meditation, regular time alone, regular time with others, talking about it. This is this foundational habit of being in the Word. And so I want to leave you with just this thought. What is one habit you can start this week that will help you interact with God's Word in a better way? One thing. Don't try to change your whole life in a week. Just pick one thing and commit 66 days maybe. Maybe mark that in the calendar and see if you can get 66 days in in a row of just doing one habit. And see what it does. See how it changes the way you interact with God's Word, the blessing that it will bring, the fruit that it will bring, the foundations it will grow. One habit you can start this week that will increase your interaction with the Word of God. Once you've thought of that, My other encouragement is that you tell someone about it. It's one thing to decide on a Sunday morning by yourself in your own head, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. To walk out tomorrow and think, oh, I was thinking about something yesterday, but I've forgotten or I've already messed it up. If you can tell someone what you're thinking about doing, maybe come and tell me if, if that helps. If you can tell someone and they can help keep you accountable to that one little habit change that you want to make, That goes a long way to seeing that habit sustained. So what's one habit you can change or employ this week and who will you tell? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you that it is alive, it is active, it's able to transform our hearts, we can build our life on it. And God, we pray that we might be a church that is founded on the word of God, that has its roots deep in the word of God that is in the habit of being in the Word, day and night. And God, together as we do that, we will see fruit. We will see um, your Spirit at work. We will see uh, when hard times come, we are able to to stand tall. And God, when there's a, a harvest time, we will see people come to know you. And so God, we pray that you might stir us Stir in us a greater love and desire to be in your word. And God, as we even think about um, starting one simple habit this week, God, that that might be a, a fresh wind blowing through us of being in your word in a different way. And so God, we thank you for this morning, for what you've taught us and what you've encouraged us in. We pray that we might live it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for joining us online as well. Have a great week. Have a great week back at school, kids, parents. Enjoy. See you next Sunday.